yeah, some people are in bad shape, but you can afford a $20 course to make you a little bit smarter. You know, maybe you didn't have to buy those $200 shoes. You know, maybe you buy yourself a course, get a little bit smarter and then be able to buy yourself a hundred thousand shoes. Welcome back to Young Smart Money with me, your host, Apple Kreider. In this episode, we are sitting down with Alex Quinn. Alex is a massive brand builder. He is working to build some massive personal brands and e-commerce businesses through marketing and advertising on social media. He also created the Hustle Inspires Hustle brand that is doing absolutely massive things that we are going to dive into throughout this episode. And Alex is a master of strategic partnerships, okay? So he is somebody who is really able to see and connect the dots between different influencers, different brands, and really bring people together while creating and scaling his own business and building his personal network at the same time. So if you're somebody who is trying to, again, get more well-diversified, a wider network, and connect with a bunch of high-level people, this episode is going to be great for you. We go very actionable. Alex is somebody who, who really knows his stuff. He does not mess around. There is no fluff here. Alex goes deep and actionable in how you can begin to grow your network, grow your business at the same time. So again, if that's something you're interested in, I want you to sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Young Smart Money with the amazing Alex Quinn. All right, Alex, welcome to Young Smart Money. How are you doing today? What's going on, man? It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you. So our listeners, they heard a little bit about you and what you do in the intro, but could you fill us in, give us like a 60 second synopsis of what you're doing right now. And then we're going to uh, flash back in time and work our way back up to the present after that. Okay, guys, again, my name is Alex Quinn. I'm a brand builder. I specialize in scaling brands through brand development, be it social advertising, strategic partnerships, anything it really takes to scale out a brand. That's what I concentrate on. And I do it with the help of my marketing team and my agency. So we work on our own projects. A lot of projects uh, you guys may or may not have seen. Uh, we have Hustle Inspires Hustle. It's an um, educational platform for entrepreneurs. We have events worldwide. Uh, we have our trademark Hustle Inspires Hustle, our, our GIFs. We're trending GIF on, on Giphy. Like we're going crazy right now. We're trending with Gary Vee and a bunch of people. So it's really, really fun. Uh, we're working on a Netflix slash like Hulu type series right now. Um, about mental health and gun violence so that's we're still deciding on where we're going to go with that like on which platform we're going to drop it's, a, it's been a passion project of ours that we've been working on for a while we have a clothing business and you know we we, we right now um as of like this past week we started working out with clients again because we, we pretty much are an agency that only marketed for our own product uh, projects and products <laughs> and now we're kind of branching out again into taking on more clients and scaling other brands so that's pretty much what we do we scale brands through branding and and partnerships shoot so y'all are doing y'all are doing a couple of things over there yeah yeah so i mean as a marketing team we're able to tackle several things at the same time scale several brands and obviously those brands have predetermined teams already pre-established teams so we just add to it you know okay so is most of the work you're doing like consulting are people bringing you in and you're teaching them how to do it is it sort of like a done for you service it's uh both so uh if they want if they have their own team in place but they want us to pretty much bring their team up to speed we do that or if they don't have a team in place and they need everything handled for them we handle that as well okay and what what kind of companies typically are you working with and what kind of projects are you typically doing like is, is it pretty focused in one niche specifically or are you kind of all over the place no, mainly it's, it's going to be e-commerce and personal branding. Okay. Okay. So that's, that's what we mainly concentrate on P- performance ads, driving sales. And then also from a branding perspective, because we're, that's what we pretty much love to do. Mostly branding. Mm-hmm. It's easy for us to align ourselves with, with high ticket entrepreneurs, uh, influencers, celebrities that need branding, need branding packages, need to know how to portray themselves, PR, all that stuff is stuff that falls within what we're doing. So we pretty much provide solutions whole marketing campaigns, you know, let's say for example, you're an author and you have a book coming out, you know, we'll plan out your whole launch strategy and how many books you're going to sell, where you're going to sell them, how we're going to push them. It's, it's just developing a marketing campaign, developing a strategy for a new stream of revenue or a, a, a current stream of revenue in general. Okay, perfect. Now let's, let's flash back a little bit in time and, and sort of work our way back up to, to where you're at now. Um, what were you like in, in middle school, high school? Were you somebody who was, was hustling like in the back of the class, like slinging t-shirts and stuff? Were you somebody who took school very seriously? What did that look like for you? Well, I took school very seriously um, because I know my parents made a big effort to put me through school. Um, mm-hmm. I went to private schools, but I didn't come from a wealthy family. So my parents made a big sacrifice to put me through private school. So I took it seriously, but I also understood that I needed to make money and I always had a hustler spirit, hustler's mentality. So even from, yeah, from middle school, I was selling 
I would go to I would go to the to the store and buy the twelve packs of, of soda and I would yep. sell them, you know, and candy, Costco, you, the whole deal, bracelets, you know, whatever I could really get my hands on that I knew people um liked, you know, candy, whatever. And I just I was always on that moving, you know, through high school I did the same thing and then eventually when I graduated high school, started college, I just started to start my first business, which was a car events business, like car meets and stuff like that. Hmm. Um, and that quickly turned into me becoming an advertiser. And from an advert, I built an advertising career with several companies while still operating a marketing agency on the side. Right. So I, I went as high as CMO and then my marketing agency was working with clients all around the world. So I was kind of having a little bit of both worlds, the, the corporate agency structure and then the actual just boutique agency, you know, and being a, being the point of communication between both. Okay. So what got you into the car space and what, what made you want to start that business? It was, it was a friend at the time we went to a car meet and I don't know, I guess her synergy said, let's see if we could pull something like this off just with our vision, maybe not even bigger or better, but with our vision hmm. and we decided to do it, but it wasn't really profitable. It didn't really work too well. It had a market cap uh, and you know, I wanted to go in a different direction. So I went through the advertising and branding direction, uh, did some advertising for some really cool companies, went from marketing director all the way up to what I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And, and through that process, I scaled my agency. What's, what's the draw to you to like marketing and advertising? Like what, where's the fulfillment in that for you? Like what draws you to that sector in particular? Well, I have a, I have a love for creative, for, for creative, okay. for photo, video, editing, production, all that stuff. I love all that stuff. Hence why I did the car shows. It was a production. Yeah. You had to put on a show. You had to make it look good. You had to make people have a good experience. So for me, it's all about giving people a dope experience an experience that I would like to see or an experience that I would enjoy. And if I'm able to do that, then it's able to sell. And if it's mm-hmm. able to sell, it's able to scale out and help people and create jobs and make money for everybody involved. So it's, for me, it's a very nice workflow. Okay. So when you're thinking about like crafting that experience for a certain audience, what are the things, what are the, the thoughts that go into how you're going to create this certain experience? Like what are the things that like the pillars maybe or like the main focuses that you need to think about when you are trying to create a certain experience for somebody? Well, first of all, the most important thing is bringing value because mm. when you're marketing, a lot of brands choose the very pushy approach, like buy, 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 buy. And it's very hard to get people to trust you nowadays. So I think one of those pillars is trust. You have to build trust with your target audience as to why they should want to work with you, why they should even trust you, give you the time of the day. Because even if you are giving them something free, people are giving free shit away all the time now. Yeah. So it's difficult to even want somebody to use something for free. So I believe that you need to establish a brand, a brand, aware, brand identity that is backed by trust in order for you to eventually be able to convert that client. And in converting that client, going to be a loyal client that's going to stay with you and they're going to help you further grow the brand's name image products you know there's so many things that could come to the table just from proper advertising proper advertising is not just about selling it's about finding talent as well with a lot of our brands we do a lot of advertising we're all over the place and we do collaborations everywhere but you'd be surprised a lot of the times that we're doing now we're not doing that to make any money because a lot of the times it's not making money a lot of the times we're just finding talent we're trying to find really good talent that we could work with so we could continue scaling with them. Because if we find that talent, we as an agency are able to provide many opportunities for many people, not only just scaling a company, but also talent that wants to grow and become part of the movement that we have. And we're all able to work together. I, the agency that I had before was an office full of people, full of people, every department you could possibly think of. And it wasn't a really good business model at the time. Now we all work from anywhere. We just got back from Bali. We were in Tokyo. We, before that we were in Tampa, we're traveling constantly. So our team operates remotely like you, you could be in your apartment right now in Wisconsin and we could be in Miami and we could work on a marketing strategy. We're over a zoom call. We could do whatever we really want with the use of technology. So with that comes, you know, like I said, building trust, finding talent, cause you want good talent for your company. You definitely want good talent. You want a fresh, fresh, like point of view an outside in perspective. That's also very good for a company and an outside pillar, a pillar would be for an outside in perspective for people to give you feedback on your business. Because sometimes when you're so in it, you don't realize the mistakes that you need to fix. So hearing people's feedback, informing yourself, going to events, going to trade shows, all of these things really set the foundation for your business. So when, so when the customer approaches you, you're a fully fortified company on mm. in, in every aspect of the business. Mm. 
Absolutely. I love those. I love those like trust, talent, and feedback. Those are so, so essential to any business that you're trying to grow. Talk to us a little bit more about the talent aspect of things. Like when you were looking for somebody to bring onto your team, what are those things in particular that you look for in a person that shows you that they have potential, that shows you that they have talent and they can bring something to the table? Well, most people look for, most people look for, for skill, right? Mm -hmm. Is this person good? Yeah. Obviously, skills are very important, but for me, that's not the biggest thing that I look for. Okay. Because you could be skilled, but you could have a bad attitude. You could be skilled, but you could be lazy. You could be very talented, but you could be wasting your potential, right? So for me, the most important part is making sure that the person is hungry, driven, motivated, and is willing to learn. You know, that doesn't mean that they're that they're a yes man. Nobody wants a yes man, but it's somebody that's willing to sometimes just listen. For their own growth because when it comes to our team you know there, there's no hard feelings if they're it's, it's just we're holding each other accountable right so if we're giving you feedback it's not to try you or bring you down it's feedback we're giving you behind closed doors in order for us to come out fully as a team like like a basketball team you know they rip each other apart in in the locker room they do whatever they got to do but when they come out they come out as a unit they perform they do what they got to do and they put on a good show you know um, they, they perform their best. And I believe it, it, it's the same way within your team. It, it's very important to have that open lines of communication and have no feelings involved when it comes to feedback. It's not, you know, sometimes I'm messing up and I tell my team all the time, if I'm messing up, you let me know because who, who else would let me know? You know, I don't want to hear it from somebody on the street or somebody that, you know, decided to comment something. I, I'd rather you guys tell me up front. I think that's very important. How do you go about establishing those open lines of communication? Because obviously it can be, it can be tricky to, to get people on the same page and to get people to, to take feedback without taking it like personally. So how have you gone about establishing those open lines of communication in your business? And what have been some effective strategies you've found to get people really sharing with each other what they're liking and what they're not about what other people are doing? Well, when it comes to our team, mm-hmm. we have a pretty we pretty, have a pretty cool dynamic because we're like, it's kind of like a family, right? Mm-hmm. So at this point, we've built so much trust through traveling together, through working on projects together, through overcoming obstacles together, through certain frustrations that, that we're able to have that clear communication. But if, if we were to address it from the beginning, like how do you get to that point? Um, it's just, for me, it's me being open to like, you're going you're gonna to notice that a lot of times you're going to work with people that you know that they're not being fully upfront with you. Like, not that they're lying to you, but you still feel that, like, wall. Yeah. You know that. Like, as a, especially if you're, if you're a self-aware human being, you know when somebody's not being all there with you. So what I do is I remove that, and I just speak to people like they're people. And people react to that very well. A lot of leaders don't act like that. They feel like they need to keep up a front or a certain image in order to like, that doesn't work out really. Cause you got to talk to people like they're people, your business partners, they're, they're, they're aligning themselves with you and believing in your vision and you got to be straight up. You know, you got, you got to be really, really like, they got to know that you're a leader, but that you're also a friend mm. because it's, sometimes people don't need a leader all the time. They need some, they need, eventually when you work with somebody enough, sometimes like they need you as a friend, like, yo, like all shit aside, like I know we work together, but what do you think about this or that advice? And like, it's not all business. You got to be there for people when they need you. Mm. So I guess from my strategy and my perspective, people pick up on that and they're able to see that transparency and give that same return. I'm not going to say that it's worked out with everybody. You know, you always have your bad batch of people that, you know, aren't with it or are against, you know, your business morals. And then at that point, you just have to choose part ways or, you know, figure something, figure something else out. But for the most part, that's really how we operate. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. So let's, let's take it back a little bit to when you were running your agency and working with these other companies um, and, and working your way up the ladder, sort of what made you take the leap to, to fully go into your own thing and to stop with the, the stuff you're doing on the, on the side where you were um, eventually the CMO of a company, like what made you want to fully make that pivot into entrepreneurship and starting your own thing? Well, being the CMO was a, uh, was a very interesting position because it was with somebody that had been almost a mentor to me for a very long time. And I was able to align myself with this business, hmm. aligning myself with this business and using the resources my agency had 
was a perfect move for that in order for me to help him, you know, I guess bridge the gap that he needed to bridge with his business at the time. We did the work that we needed to do and then I shifted back to my agency. So it was, it was, it was not like I needed to take a very, very hard like plunge into, Hey, I, I went from nine to five to this. It was, it was a very different dynamic. Uh, I never really had a nine to five except for when I worked at pizza hut and Miami subs um, during, during school when I was in school. After that, it was just straight into entrepreneurship and straight into overcoming failures left and right from every direction. Shit was going wrong. And, you know, it's just a matter of repetition. Shit's always going to go wrong, no matter how big the business is. But you just got to keep going because every time you fuck up, that fuck up teaches you something for the next time and the next time and the next time. Like a sport, you go to train, you go to train every day. Eventually, you're going to get better. You know, you're not going to fall at the top of the mountain. So that, that's what it's pretty much been. Never really had a nine to five more like part-time fast food, uh, doing dishes, bathroom, stuff like that. And then straight into entrepreneurship. Okay. So you mentioned, you mentioned failures and setbacks. So how do you personally deal with, with the setbacks that you face and what have been some of the most significant setbacks that you have faced with your business? Cause I'm sure there've been a lot now that you're expanding into all these different verticals as well. Uh, talk to us about some of those setbacks and how you were able to, to overcome them and to keep going forward. Biggest setback, I guess, was my mind. Hmm. Maybe thinking at first or back then, thinking I was right about everything and not educating myself enough in certain aspects of the business that would later on affect me due to the fact that I wasn't educated enough on those aspects of the business. So for entrepreneurs, biggest setback is usually not being well-informed enough because you know, our educational system could do a much better job at teaching us how to be entrepreneurs rather than prepare us to work in a cubicle, which there's nothing wrong with working in a cubicle because if you're doing it for a company that, that, that drives you and that you love and you know, it provides that security, by all means, I think it's fantastic. But I do believe that, there should, that there's, a, there's, a, there's different colors in the rainbow, man. Everybody picks their own thing, you know, and maybe not everybody wants to be prepared for that lifestyle. There's people that are prepared for the entrepreneurship lifestyle and feel like we're not trained well enough. Mm. You know, filing your business taxes to, you know, how you're going to register your company to credit. Like there's so many things that are left out that are key. I mean, I'm sure you notice it as well. And yeah. it's, it's very important to learn. So those are setbacks for me. Uh, not, you know, not, not going out to enough events, not going out to enough places to align myself with people that were like me. A lot of entrepreneurs like to be loners, you know, mm-hmm. only me, only me. And honestly, that can only get you so far. Eventually, you're going to have to interact with other people. And, and if, you keep, like, if you keep giving into your fears about not going out or not talking to people and not wanting to interact with people and your social fears, like, then you're always going to be live, like, living a life that has to deal with those fears instead of just getting it out of the way and ripping the bandage off and just doing it. Because once you do things, you get comfortable with them. You know, Not maybe the first time, but once you do it, you realize that it's not as bad. You know, and I like, let's say you want to go talk to a girl and you're shitting yourself about doing it. But once you already talked to her and you see it's just, she's just a normal person, that's it. You know? So it, it's pretty much the same way that, that for me was a setback. Okay. You know? Another setback was maybe not trusting, tr- trusting too much, too fast. Okay. A lot of people, when they see that you have momentum, they want to, they want to jump on the bandwagon. And, you know, being somebody that, that always wants to help people, I tend to have trusted people too much because I wanted to see the best in them. And sometimes, you know, doesn't mean that you have to be, you know, that you have to be fake or anything, but you have to really understand people and really take the time to analyze them and how, how they will operate and the way they were going to, the way they're going to move in your business to see if it's something that benefits you. Because sometimes people are great to be friends with them, but maybe not to do business with them. Maybe, you know, their habits, their behavior, um, you know, there, there, there may be people like I've had it in my business. I've had bad, like one bad apple that, you know, messed everything up for everybody else because it just takes one person's negative point of view and persistence on that negative point of view to mess something up for a bunch of people in sequence. So I guess picking staff a little bit better, um, aligning myself with the individuals who maybe thought a little bit differently rather than rush to get whoever I needed in order to scale faster. So that, that, that would have been another setback. Hmm. Okay. So 
You mentioned a little bit earlier how there are so many different things that the school system just didn't prepare us for at all. And I think that's very true. And I'm wondering how you think about the balancing act that is like learning all of this stuff that we need to learn, like learning about credit, learning about taxes, but then also executing on your business because you could easily spend eight hours a day learning everything there is to learn about credit or learning everything there is to know about filing your business taxes or, or what kind of corporate structure you should use. But then you're not leaving any time to actually execute on your business. So how do you sort of find that balance between learning and executing it? And where do, where do you think about that? Well, half of that was fucking up. So, you know, most of those lessons were through messing up. Uh, the rest of them were through mentorship. Uh, just get mentors. Don't be afraid to reach out to people who are more experienced than you, no matter their age, even if they're younger. You know, there's people that are younger than me that I reach out to for, for business advice because it doesn't matter their age. As long as they're well-informed about what they do, they're professionals in their space, should be no issue. But yeah, I learned through experience. I learned through mentors. And I also, we spent a lot of time on the computer and on the phone. Oh, yeah. You could go to, you could go to Udemy and buy a bunch of courses, man. If you know, some courses are 10, 20 bucks. Instead of spending 20 bucks at the club or whatever, stay home on Saturday or Sunday. You know, take some courses on taxes, on accounting. They're all online. There's no excuses. Okay. We're, we could afford a $20 course, you know? We're, we live in a country that has a lot of opportunity. Yes, some people are in bad shape, but you can afford a $20 course to make you a little bit smarter. You know, maybe you didn't have to buy those $200 shoes. You know, maybe you buy yourself a course, get a little bit smarter and then be able to buy yourself a hundred thousand shoes. Mm. But once you're educated, I, I believe that school is important, but school doesn't teach us everything. You know, I also don't believe in people getting into massive debt to go to school. I believe people should pick a school that's good. that's not too expensive. And at the same time, take courses on the side that are going to teach you about things that school's not preparing you for. Because school does help, you know, it teaches you accountability, wor working with other people, um, communicating with other people, put you in social settings, accountability is, is important. School is important because sometimes when you're home and, and you're watching videos on your own, you're not, you're not being held accountable. Mm. You don't know that you have to show up for the test and there's discipline. You can't pull out your phone. You can't use your phone. It's teaching you discipline in ways that you don't realize, but or, I'm not saying you specifically, but I'm saying in general. Mm -hmm. So I believe that it's important to go to school, but also take courses on the side. And then once you've done so, and you know, if you are in college, getting out of college, very important to work at another company. Uh, a lot of people want to rush out into entrepreneurship, which is what I did. There's nothing wrong with taking an internship at a company that does exactly what you want to do. Cause you're going to learn the workflow and the structure. So you don't have to learn it by fucking up and they're paying you to learn it. And you're working with professionals that are better than you, rather than you sitting by yourself and trying to build a team of professionals that you don't even know how to lead because you didn't do that in the first place. So there's many aspects of, of like your audience. I know your audience is your younger audience. So any of the kids listening to this, don't listen to all these people that tell you that you need to quit and become a YouTuber or an Instagrammer and that that's the only way educate yourself, you know, educate yourself in many aspects and still do that because there's enough hours in the day for you to be a student and for you to do the whole social media game. There is. Cause you want security at the end of the day. Everybody thinks that they want to do shit on social media and they want to make money on the internet, but very little, very few people are actually doing it. The rest of it is just fake. So a, a big thing that's happening right now is a lot of kids, a lot of young guys, a lot of young girls are seeing social media and they see everybody having a great life. And they're like, Oh man, like, you know, maybe I should be doing this Instagram thing. And most of those people are not even in those situations or are not as happy as they look or are not as rich as they look or it's somebody else's stuff. So you gotta, you gotta take care of yourself first, hmm. educate yourself and then take the plunge into entrepreneurship. hundred percent. I'm, I'm totally with you on that. Uh, talk about mentors a little bit. How, how were you able to connect with people who were help you, who were able to help you get to that next level? Like how, how did you go about finding people that could help you um, build your business, build yourself to the next level? In my case, when I started this, now it's a little bit crazy because a lot of the younger guys are very, very smart. So before I would have said, hey, align yourself with older people, more mature, more experienced. Mm -hmm. That's a good, that's a factor. But also a lot of these younger people are, are very, are more in tune with everything that's going on digitally. So I believe that, you know, when it comes to aligning yourself, uh, align yourself with a younger crowd who understands how things are moving, but also um, associate yourself through older people who have more experience and you could do that through going to networking events, speaking to them, reading, right? Reading is a really, really big one. Uh, become part of Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups, 
drop content on LinkedIn, read content on LinkedIn, comment on people's content on LinkedIn that you look up to, connect with them, DM them, email them, ask them if there's mentorships available, hit them up, offer them, offer them value. Don't just ask for something. Hey, help me with this. No, bring something to the table, find out what they do and send them a video, go on Instagram, go on an Instagram story and send them, Hey, I really look up to what you're doing. I love how you're doing this and that. I feel like with what I have going on, maybe I can bring something to the table. I was wondering if maybe we could speak. You'd be surprised how many people would reach back out to you and say, Hey, yeah, let's talk because I do it all the time with people. You know, people reach out to me. They want to do something cool. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's do it. Like, why not? So LinkedIn is great. Instagram and sending people Instagram videos. is great. You'd be surprised. Like people write back, people read their stuff. Yeah. Mm. Unless you're, you're having like 5,000 comments on each post and you have millions of followers where I know it's very difficult to keep up people, people read their stuff. That's the truth. That's the truth. So how do you think about, and how should our younger listeners, maybe somebody who's like 17, 18, 19 years old, they, they want to reach out to somebody, they want to provide value, but they don't know what they could provide. They don't know what they could offer to this person. How would you tell them to think about that? And how would you tell them to come up with something that they could bring to the table that would actually provide real value to this person that they're trying to reach out to and build a relationship with? Well, I would say that before they even do any of that, they really need to define what it is that they like. Mm. Because as a guy with experience, I know when somebody's contacting me when they have no clue what they need or what they want. And as much as you want to help somebody like that, how can I help you figure out what you want? Maybe I could help you figure out how to get it once you know what you want. But if you don't know what you want, how am I supposed to know what you want? So before reaching out and, you know, wasting somebody's time, you should really define maybe if you don't know exactly what you want to do, kind of like the field that you want to be in. Maybe you don't know what you want to sell on e-commerce, but you know that you want to get into e-commerce, right? Maybe you, you know that you want to, that you want to work in, uh, as a creative, but maybe you don't want to be a video guy. Maybe you want to be a graphic designer, or maybe you want to be somebody that specializes in After Effects animations. But you got to really define what you want, find that category and then start narrowing down into what it is that you want to specialize in. Cause we always think we want to do something and then we end up doing something completely different. You know, you may love photography, but then you may become a master of after effects just a few months later. And then photography is out the window because after effects is what you love now, but it's within the same general area of content and creative. So important thing is finding out what you like. If you're following that person, it means you look up to them for something. Maybe you look up to them for their clothing brand. Maybe you look up to them because of a cause that they're behind. If you like that cause, offer it some help. Offer to be a volunteer. If you like the clothing brand, offer a partnership. Like for example, I've done partnerships before with clothing brands where I bring brands together and we do collaborative work. And I'm the one that puts the pieces together. I'm the one that organizes that. Maybe if you look up to that person's clothing company and then you like this other company or this other designer, you can hit up the designer and be like, hey, I would love to curate a shirt between you and this company. Let's see if we could pitch this company into doing it and I'll help you manage the whole project. Right away, you did a strategic, uh, you did a strategic partnership, which is a lot of what I do. Mm. I, I connect A to B, bring together, curate it, make it perfect from a marketing strategy with my team and then launch it. Strategic partnership. You didn't have to invest. You didn't have to start a company. You, have, you didn't have to do anything. All you really had to do was see the potential in, in, in one person and see the potential in another and bring them together. And then obviously those, both of these people are busy and you're the one with the vision. So you bring that together, you bridge that gap and there's your opportunity to make money. You make money on a percentage of, of the project, percentage of sales, you know, you put in some of the work, you know, you see how you organize it, but that, that's one way of reaching out to people, bringing something to the table instead of asking for something. People hit me up all the time on stories. Hey, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? Can you send me money? Can you send me money to PayPal? Blah, 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 blah. All of this stuff is like, what are you bringing to the table for me? Why in my right my right mind would I go and do something like that when I don't even know you I don't know who you are what you believe in what you're like you know like people want to know that they're working with people and people also know when you're pitching them quick and you just want attention hey love to collaborate on what <laughs> yeah like what can you do what can you do who are you that's why I said send the video hey my name is this and that I specialize in this I would like to collaborate in this this or that form I would love to um you know to, to speak with you. If they don't answer, then record a, record a video of yourself, pitching it to them, putting on, put it on YouTube as an unlisted and then send them the link <laughs> until they pick up. And if they don't pick up, maybe they're not interested in Maybe you got to let it go. You know, not everybody's going to be interested in what you got to say or what you want to do. And then it's law of average. The more people you hit up, the closer you are to a yes. Mm. 
And that follow-up and persistence is really key as well. Like I can tell you from all the people that I message on Instagram, a lot of them won't see it the first time around because they get a lot of messages. But if you're persistent and you keep following up, that's where that's where the returns are going to be. And if you give up the first time just because you don't get a response, you're, you're really, you're shooting yourself in the foot and you're really not going to see as much as you would if you just followed up a couple times and made sure that you're consistently, consistently reaching out to these people. Yeah, you can't, you can't be discouraged if people don't reach back out to you. Um, there's people that are going to read it and then they're going to respond and then a phone call comes in and then they hang up and then the yeah. app comes in and then you, you're mad because you got left on scene. It, sometimes life is crazy. You know, you may be there trying to hit up a bunch of people and that guy may be running around all over the place and doesn't even remember when he last ate, you know? So mm-hmm. it's not personal. So you, you just got to keep going. Eventually you're going to notice if they're really, really not interested. If they leave you on red like seven times, like... <laughs> with no response like all right bro like just give it up you know yeah. well that's why there's enough of us online where you can just connect with anybody 100 100 down over one person's no there's a million people out there that could make moves for you on social media on digital media on anywhere on the internet so just law of average that's the truth so talk to us talk to us now say we've got an 18 19 20 year old listener here who is interested in building up their personal brand because you are somebody who works with a lot of big personal brands what would you tell that person who's just starting off that they don't really know where to get started what to do what platforms to use what would you tell this person as to like what are, what are some of the first steps they should be taking when it comes to building their personal brand from the ground up well that that would that's a very great question because that's that's something that I talk a lot about in the industry with the people that I work with and it's a personal brand doesn't mean anything unless you are known for something okay Mm. what are you going to be known for or you just like these days people just want to be popular and famous but for what what do you want to be known for yeah there's nothing wrong with wanting popularity and fame and stuff like that and you know all that everything that comes with it that's fine but what are you known for are you an expert marketer? Are you the host of a super cool podcast? Are you an expert in Facebook ads? Are, are you a humanitarian that's worked on a bunch of crazy things? Are you a super cool graphic designer and that's all you do? Like, what are you? That's what you have to ask yourself first. Who are you? What are you? Once you figure that out, then you become great at it. You become the best at it. And if you're not the best at it, then you can record your process as you're going. And that's your personal brand. Mm. Show but don't make don't try to be perfect from the jump if you look at my instagram go all the way down like five years i've been showing my whole business journey everything 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 it wasn't a personal brand until like a few months ago and i've been doing it for seven years it became a personal brand once people started recognizing me for something that i did and then i started getting asked to be on podcasts and on forbes and on you know going to events around the world and speaking you know about marketing and strategic partnerships which is what i specialize in then I became known for something. Therefore, my personal brand has relevance. But you can't just try to build a personal brand just to like, you know, just to be whatever, like just to post cool pictures or whatever. That doesn't like, yeah, it may be cool and may have, it may have its artistic, you know, form. But if it's not really defined, then your, your brand is not going to have longevity. You know, you may get some followers and engagement, but eventually people are going to be like, all right, so what's going on here? Like, what are you really doing? Mm. That's so, so true. Yeah. You, you got to have that substance because if there's nothing behind it, like you could have like all these Instagram followers and you could be getting all these likes, but like if there's nothing behind it, you don't really have anything. Like you're not really doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. And also realizing that like a lot of people are ungrateful about their audience. Mm. Like, oh, I only have this many followers. And I, I do it. I tend to do it sometimes because I, sometimes I'm in the room with guys that have like 5 million followers. I'm like, shit, like, <laughs> you guys have a bunch of motherfuckers on your shit. <laughs> I have 18,000 people, but I, I like to put it in this perspective. In, in your local city, there's arenas or stadiums or teams or, 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 or artists perform, right? Mm-hmm. 20, 30,000 people, 10,000 people. You ever gone to a concert and you just see like 25,000 people in front of you? Right. And you're like, wow, that's a lot of fucking people in one place. A lot of us to have 18, 20,000 followers. That's like a stadium full of human beings like that follow you willingly. Mm. You know, That's a lot of people. Even if you have just 1000 people following you, try putting 1000 human breathing beings in a room. They don't fit. It's too many of them. It's a multitude of people. Even if you have a thousand followers, you're moving massive influence. Mm. Now imagine 18,000, now imagine 100,000, 200,000. So 
it's very important also the message because a lot of people use their platform to 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 push hate or push negativity or push mm. or, or close-mindedness like yeah it, if we're disconnected we should use it for good because we're smarter when we work together when we're all divided it's a little bit more difficult to achieve things that's the truth. That's the truth. So when it comes to spreading your message and working on all these different projects, how do you establish where your focus goes? Because clearly you, you got a lot of different things going on and you want to get your message out there to a lot of people, but how do you balance your time, your energy, your attention, your resources between all these different verticals that you're working on right now? Uh, I couldn't do it without my team. Mm. So I've gotten, I, I've pretty much scaled everything to the point now and organized it to the point now where the the decisions that I make for every business are solely strategic partnerships. So while the busy work is getting handled, I'm worried about connecting the dot here and there. And a lot of my businesses overlap. So if I made a power move over here, it rippled all the way across and affected all of these. So mm -hmm. I've just gotten to the point right now where it's, it's straight networking. I'm, I'm on a podcast with you. I have a podcast launching soon. I have a bunch of guests on it. I have Andy Frazella on it. I have Jason Stone on it. I have Valerio Orsini on it. I have Jeff Cole from Iconic on it. I have a bunch of great people on the podcast that I'm connecting with and I'm building on my network. And as I'm building on that network, I'm making movies with all these people. So I'm not as worried as about the little day-to-day -day, tiny little, like it, when you have a business and you have very like time-consuming tasks, you have to find a way to automate them and automate that workflow, create training videos for your team, you know, use digital tools to be able to automate things, Google Sheets, Google Docs, different things that you use, different tools in order for that shit to get handled on its own. So you're not worried about it. So if I'm not worried about those little things, I'm able to be in a space where I could think bigger. And even though I have a lot of verticals running right now, they all interconnect like a web. And all I have to do is connect dots here and there. And then they start, you know, it's just a ripple effect that goes across. So it, for me, it, like what I'm saying, it's team. It's bu building the right team because if, if you have that right team backing you up, then you could take the time to be able to really think about just strategy rather than business, which is important. Because if you're not thinking about how to strategize and market, you're worried about business and keeping the business running and you can't do both at the same time. So if you have that automated and then all you worry about is strategy, it's, it, it's, it's much easier to do that. Absolutely. So talk to us a little bit about how you are able to connect the dots with all the strategic partnerships that you work on. Like, how are you able to identify a need and a solution across like two different people and put those, put those pieces together? How, how does your brain or how are you able to develop that skill and how do you refine that over time? To be honest, I don't think it's a skill. It's, it's, it is a skill that you hone, mm -hmm. but it's mainly just recognizing you have to recognize something with social media nowadays, which is, you know, what, how we're talking. We're talking right now on a digital platform. It's mm -hmm. going to go on social media. We're going to share it. We're going to do all these cool shit, right? When doing this, when playing the game of social media, you have to understand that a lot of money has to be spent in content creation, strategy, creative, all this, all these companies that are running are spending all this money to upkeep that brand image. And most of them, if not a lot of them don't want to spend money anymore. And if they have money to spend, why are they going to listen to you, right? Is what we would usually think. So yeah. if, you approach, if you approach people from a perspective of, hey, I'm going to create a strategic partnership for you where we're going to involve two to three other entities, okay? And, you're not gonna, and, the, and the cost is going to be shared amongst the three of you as a collaborative campaign. Then you just cut their marketing costs down by like 70% because somebody else is covering the rest of it. And not only are they covering the rest of it, they're bringing their platforms to the partnership, which is going to give them a new audience. So they're getting marketing from the marketing campaign and marketing from these people's new audience. And they all split the cost. So how do I connect the dots? When I'm in, if you're, if let's say you're in the car industry, okay, you go to car meets, you realize that the guy that does the car wraps, you know, doesn't do very good promotions. Then you also notice that the guy that has the coolest car needs a car wrap. And then you realize that the guy with the rims, you know, needs to do a really cool video. Then you notice that none of them have a really cool video. And then there's a videographer shooting at the event. Look what's happening. It's all in front of you, but you're not seeing it. Grab the videographer, speak to him. Hey, let's team up. Let's do this. Hey, by the way, I saw that, that you need a video. I have the videographer ready to go. And I think that if the wheel company and the wrap company come together on your really cool car, we could really do something really dope and you don't charge them or whatever, or you share the cost with them and everybody shares costs. Then you go and you, you approach them once you have everything set up saying, hey, 
I have these guys ready to go. Let's mount some rims on the car. Let's maybe do a cool stripe on the car, whatever you want to do. And let's do a promotional video that's going to help all the companies. Everybody's audience is going to combine once you do the, the strategy. You're going to get massive reach from both the campaign and everybody's audience. You're going to save a bunch of money. And we're going to sell an end product. What's the end product? Maybe the end product is a promotional video for the next event. And then the next event, everybody's partnered up and everybody makes a cut of sales. So like you have to find, like you have to find the way the dots are going to connect and, and you just really have to analyze it. Like when, when you want to do something, you sit there and analyze how all the possible scenarios of how it could play out where everybody benefits and nobody gets fucked. Mm. If everybody is realizing that nobody's getting screwed in the deal, and everybody's bringing something of equal value. Maybe you didn't have enough followers, but maybe you put in a little bit more work. So this guy had a lot of followers. All he did was post, but he's worked years to build his following. So that's his hard work. Your hard work is going to be to push that content. And then he pushes it to his audience. And then his audience brings attention to yours. So like, you just have to find, you just have to find people that need what you do. Many people need what you do. Like, what are you going to school for right now? Uh, personal finance. Personal finance? Dude, you have it in the bag. You have a podcast. All these guys that you're interviewing, you build a relationship with them. You show them how good you are about personal finance. Make them sign up for your newsletter. Make them follow you on social media. On social media, start, start posting up things about personal finance and tips and tricks and things you could do. And eventually, you're the personal finance guru. So now everybody that's on your podcast is a bunch of bad motherfuckers that have money and you can help, help them with their personal finances. And there you found a way to strategic partnership to do a strategic partnership between your personal brand, your podcast, your career, and the people that you're involving on the podcast. Now, I'm not saying that you have to go and do that because maybe you have another direction for what you want to do, but that in itself is already an opportunity. Just like, you, just like I put that together in five seconds, you can put many things together. You just got to go out there and do it. Hundred, a hundred thousand percent. It's all about, yeah, being able to see where you can draw those connections and have, again, win win uh, relationships. Because a lot of times people are like, how can I win at their expense? When in reality, you just got to figure out how you can build everybody up. Like, it's, it's those, those are the partnerships, those are relationships that are really going to last and really going to make an impact and, and, and have longevity. Whereas, like, if you just try to see, like, how can I make money the quickest, that's, that's not going to have longevity with it. No, it's not. Uh, and you, ha you have to surround yourself with people that inspire you. That's why we have our trademark that's called Hustle Inspires Hustle. Mm. You guys can follow us on Instagram, uh, follow our hashtag. Our gifs are trending everywhere. Like I said before, yep. uh, we have, we have the podcast launching in two weeks with Andy Frazella. We have a video series dropping. We have merch dropping and, and it, all it is, it's a network of entrepreneurs. That's all it is. We're, we're all a network of entrepreneurs and we all support each other, men, women, everybody, whoever it is, whatever expert of whatever field you're in, you become part of our network. And now you are part of a network of people that work hard, you know? You become known. You go to our events. We give people the opportunity to make money. Hey, come to our free event. Hey, listen to our free podcast. Hey, watch our video series. We're investing money into all of this, but we're connecting dots and creating a ripple effect with many people. And that's going to, that's going to come back. So everything is always, you know, in business, you need to think long-term, long-term investment because short-term you're going to make some money, but longevity is ultimately what's going to build you wealth, which is what you want. Wealth. That's the truth. Alex, you've been dropping a ridiculous amount of value on our listeners. I've got some questions that I'd like to ask all of my guests before we wrap up the show. Are you feeling ready for them? Yeah, let's go. Awesome. Perfect. The first thing is, what are you excited about right now? This could be something in your business, in the wider realm of entrepreneurship. Uh, what's something that genuinely has you excited right now? Right now, I'm extremely excited to be able to work with really, really cool people that I've always looked up to. Mm. Uh, and now these people are becoming part of my brand and the brands that are involved with my agency. Now they're being able to really use their talents and exploit their talents in order to get in front of more people so they could build their career. And so they could also build what we have together. So I'm very excited to work with really cool people. And I'm very excited to launch this podcast I'm telling you about because it's been put together by a lot of these people that I'm talking about, which you're going to hear about on the podcast, which you're going to see on my social media. If you follow me, uh, Mr. Alex Quinn, that's Mr. Alex Quinn. And the Quinn is with one N. You guys can find all my stuff there. See my team, see what we're up to. And like I said, we're always looking for cool talent. So that's what's up. And we'll link all those up in the show notes below this episode as well for y'all to check out because by the time this show goes live, that show should be live as well. So you're definitely not going to want to miss that. Alex, what habits do you have that have served you particularly well? These could be habits in your business, in your lifestyle, but just things you do on a regular basis to help you get to that next level. I stay on top of the news. Hmm. World news. If you go on Google and you type in breaking news, it'll give you the news for the whole world. 
by categories, technology, medicine, boom, boom. I read it throughout the day so I can stay on top of stuff. Uh, I, I, I'm an active user of social media, even though I don't like to overdo it just to see what's trending, what's good. Just recently, I've started waking up earlier or trying to waking up, uh, waking up earlier today. I woke up at five in the morning. I read for an hour. I meditated for another like 45 minutes. Um, and then, you know, I, I went back to sleep for an hour. I woke up again and then started with my workday. So uh, I'm kind of just adjusting. So, you know, habits, waking up early, reading, you know, now I'm trying to do working out because working out is something that it was not in my schedule, wasn't taking care of myself. So it's just a work in progress. We're always a work in progress. Nothing's going to be perfect from the jump. You yep. just got discipline. Discipline is the biggest thing. It is. It's not, it's you. If the business doesn't work, it's you. You're the reason the business doesn't work. If it's not working because you're not disciplined enough. That's Happen the truth. Yeah. Alex, you mentioned you're consuming the news. Is there any other content, whether that be books, audiobooks, podcasts, YouTube channels that you're consuming on a regular basis? I listen to the, uh, not just because he's the first episode on my podcast, but because I really, really look up to him. Andy Frazella, the MFCEO project. Mm. Really, really good. Neil Patel's podcast is great as well. Yeah. Um, Audible. I, what I do with, because uh, when I sit there and I read a book, I get sleepy. I don't know why. I get tired and like, I, it just doesn't work for me. So what I do is I go on Audible and I download the books. The, and the books are read to me, obviously. Somebody's narrating the book. And I put it at like 1.75 speed. So if a book is seven hours long to listen to it, I listen to it in three and a half, four hours, right? Sit down, listen to the book, consume information. Uh, you know, you actually consume information better when you're in a meditative state. So if you're relaxed, you're chilling, you have your eyes closed, put your headphones on and you're listening to the book, you're going to retain information better. You're, you're, you're concentrating on your senses on listening. You're going to retain real, real good. So if you're somebody that's, that's a book reader uh, that sometimes doesn't find the time to read a lot and wants a little bit more productive way of consuming, consuming all of this information, reading audiobooks is a great one. I, I told you one at the beginning of, of the show um, called uh, The Surrender Experiment. There's another one called The Untethered Soul. These were both recommended to me at a retreat. I was recently in in Bali that Hustle Inspire Social sponsored. I actually spoke at the event as well. It was, it's called the Digital Freedom Traveler uh, Mastermind. It was really, really cool over there. And there was so many people bringing value and they recommended these books to my, my close friend, close circle of friends and I, and we've all been reading them. And if you're an entrepreneur or somebody that's trying to develop themselves, I think these are really, really, really good books that you could be reading and you could either buy them paperback or listen to them on audiobooks. Mm, totally with you on audiobooks, man. Audible is my go-to right now. Anytime that I'm walking to class, going to the gym, like any, anytime that I have like my headphones in, I'm always, always listening to something. Consuming information, learning about, learning about how to build a business, learning about productivity, learning about, you know, mental health. Very important. That's the truth. These books I'm talking to you about really help with insecurities, uh, mental health, overcoming fears, uh, training yourself because we trip ourselves out, you know, sometimes. Yep. And we have a voice in our head that, that tells us, don't do this, don't do that. Oh, you're scared of doing this. You're scared of doing that. And these books really help you realize that, that that's the case and it helps you control it. Helps you, it gives you, gives you the tools that you need in order for you to, to bring that down and become your, become your best self. 100%. Alex, one thing that I'm always curious about uh, is, is what my guests do that isn't scalable. And, and I'm sure there's a lot of examples for you, but one quick one that I want to give you just for some context. Every single day, I'll pull up my phone and I'll send like five to 10 video DMs on Instagram to new followers. Just go to my new followers list, send like five to 10, be like, hey, how's it going? My name's Apple. Um, if there's any way, I, I appreciate the follow. If there's anything I can do for you to help you out or, or be of assistance to you, let me know. Have a wonderful day. Just something super simple like that. Um, is there anything in your business that you do that has that personal like Alex Quinn touch to it? or is something that couldn't be like mass produced by somebody else? Oh, no, man. I, to me, just straight up doing it too. Um, I guess it's, it's going to get to a point one day where I'm going to have to address that. I would say that the, the, the capacity of my audience, my personal brand audience right now is not at a scale where I have to automate my responses. Mm -hmm. I, I, right now I do have a text messaging app that I use called Blossom. Very good for entrepreneurs. And it allows you to pretty much have all your audience in a text messaging platform where you could text, text blast them information about mm -hmm. things that are going on with you, like podcast drops or events that you're doing once your audience gets a little bit bigger. But as far as my social media, um, I, it's really good that you do that, actually, that you reach out to everybody that follows you. I don't do that. 
I don't do that at all. Uh, not because I don't want to, but if I really did that, I wouldn't, I really, really wouldn't be able to concentrate on all of the things I put on my plate right now. Yep. And I wish I had more time to do that because there's so many amazing people that follow me. They're so talented, so, so talented. So if I had much more of the time to sit there and like build relationships with them, I'm sure my audience and my, my business network would scale tremendously. So I think you actually taught me something today. I might <laughs> start doing that. That's the truth. And I mean, it's, it's that one-on-one stuff that really impacts people. Like it's not scalable. You can't mass produce it, but that's the stuff that people are going to remember. And that's the stuff that's really going to connect them to you. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's really good you're doing that, man. Congrats. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, so Alex, where can people go if they've been enjoying all the value you've been dropping on strategic partnerships and everything that has to do with personal branding, marketing, advertising, all that good stuff? Where can they go if they want to follow up with you and what you are currently up to right now? Um, could be social media links or, or anywhere that you want to send our listeners today. You guys could follow Hustle Inspires Hustle on Instagram or hustleinspireshustle.com. There we show all of our events. We, do, we, we just did an event in, in Bali, like I said, Tampa, Miami. We're going to be doing events all around the United States, we, activations, collaborations. So, you know, but if you go on hustleinspiredhustle.com and you go to news, you'll see all the articles we drop about collaborators we work with, people that we work with, uh, people that we call the certified hustlers, which are people that are in our business network and do business with us, people that we certify and know that they could be good for you scaling your business. We do video collabs with, you know, We've done stuff with the, with the NFL. We, we, we did a video with Lil Pump. Uh, we, we, just, we just get together with different people and collaborate in so many different ways, whether it's creating cool video content or dropping cool merchandise. We do a lot of cool stuff. So you could find us on the Hustle Inspires Hustle platform, or you could just follow my, my personal Instagram, which is on the Hustle Inspires Hustle bio. It's Mr. Alex Quinn. Awesome. Awesome. And I'll link up all that in the show notes for this episode. Alex, again, man, I really, I really appreciate your time. You choosing to spend it here on young, smart money. Do you have any last closing thoughts or parting words of wisdom for our listeners here today? Surround surround yourself with people who light a fire under your ass and make you want to become the best version of yourself. That's the only way you're going to get there. Stop being fucking scared and stop listening to other people that tell you you can't do it or stop listening to yourself, telling yourself that you can't do it. If you know you want to do it, just go and do it and stop making fucking excuses. Just get it done. That's the truth, y'all. No excuses. Get it done. Alex, thank you so much for your time, man. I really appreciate it. Have a wonderful rest of your day. You too. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Take care, man. Thanks for listening to this episode of Young Smart Money. If you want to support the show, you can do so in three different ways. You can subscribe, you can leave me five, and you can share this episode with a friend. To subscribe, all you got to do is click the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. To leave me five, all you got to do is scroll all the way down to the bottom of the podcast's page for Young Smart Money and click on the write a review button. And to share with a friend, all you got to do is screenshot yourself listening to this episode, post on your Instagram story, tag me, and I'll be sure to repost it in my Instagram story as well. I love giving you guys some attention who are listening to the show. Thanks for listening and I'll see you in the next one.